What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. A podcast where we explore our, our internet, internet curiosities. curiosities. I'm Cindy Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this and is this the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we used to do that where we'd like try to echo what each other were saying, saying as they, they were saying it? it? I, I certainly remember. remember. That was an SNL yeah, skit with like, Garth and Kath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. I do too, dude. SNL sucks now. There's some skits that I think are funny, but it feels like out of touch funny. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't feel grounded anymore. Well, and I, in a non, I feel like I'm often pretentious about my taste and why I don't like something but with SNL I just feel like it's like it's not silly anymore it's too smart I just want someone like being like like that Garth and Kath thing is so silly yeah you know I just feel like SNL is overwritten to like be like yes. oh, we're so smart that we made this well I think it also when it is silly it feels ingenuine because it feels overwritten yeah where you're just yeah. like huh like okay yeah no i'm with you dude i'm with you yeah well you think it'll ever get canceled in our lifetime you think so i can't go on for that long that's crazy i mean maybe i mean the simpsons have right there's still new episodes of the simpsons yeah dude it's still trucking holy shit yeah i don't know how many ideas i don't know dude i don't know how long the simpsons has gone on relative to SNL. SNL wow. might even be longer. I'm not sure. Just in my head, The Simpsons just like keeps on going. They're just trucking along. I mean, that's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I've never watched that. And I know, I know it's I beloved. Know. I've never seen it. I have no context. I hate it. Because so I'm so tired would... of everybody oh. being like, it's so amazing. It's the best show. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I hate to be that other per- like that person. But why it's shocking to me is it's like your exact humor in a very specific way. <laughs> and so I'm like, you would love it. Uh, so I should watch it. Yeah. I think I also, there's something about Charlie Day. He's that so funny. He always seems like he just got electrocuted. That's no, true. And it just like makes me really agitated. <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, I haven't watched it in a long time. So maybe it's not good. I don't know. I Wait, can't but I imagine should watch at least aged. the first couple of uh, seasons. seasons. Okay. Yeah. I just remember there's some where I'm like, oh my God, that is so funny. Because there's I, there's nothing else like it. Like uh-huh. the humor it gets, I don't even know how to describe what the humor is. It's like kind of depraved. <laughs> <laughs> it's like silly and depraved. Okay. And that's why it's really funny. Oh. Because I feel like a, that's what it is. A lot of comedies, they're afraid to have the character be a bad person but the joke of it's always sunny is that they're all terrible they're all like just kind of shitty people so that sounds kind of arrested development to me yeah but they're more like they're less caricature okay than arrested development and i'm saying that with a lot of love because i love arrested development yeah Although, who was I with the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, Restaurant hasn't aged well. And I, like, <gasps> wanted to fight him. What? Oh, yeah, the editor of this thing I'm working on. He was no. like, it hasn't aged well. And I was like, you haven't Not aged well. It's perfect. It's You're aged like an perfectly. old man for being 27. Yeah. <laughs> it's aged perfectly. I know, it's so Excuse funny. Me. I know. Oh, my God. My family just discovered Arrested Development. And my dad calls me, like, out of breath every day. I mean, like, oh, my God. I just <laughs> so watched funny. this. He's like, it's so like Orange County. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> In such a specific, weird way, yeah. too. Where it's just, like, I can't really describe why it feels so Orange County. But it, <laughs> like, really does. They captured it so well. I rewatched it during the pandemic. And I was struck by actually the most depraved person on the show is michael like he is the <laughs> the shittiest person on the show no he's really not great because he thinks he, he's a good person and yeah. that's what makes him shitty 
And I actually thought he was so funny because I'm like this fucking guy. The, it's funny because every time I watch it, I feel like there's different jokes that just hit so yeah. hard. Yeah. And for some reason, my most recent rewatch was the egg thing where she, <laughs> where so Michael Sarah's character is dating this girl named Anne. And for some stupid reason, no one can remember her name. And she's just like very invisible and very plain is like the joke. <laughs> and so it's like... <laughs> George Michael asked Michael, his father, he's like, oh, can like Anne come with us to like Easter or something? And he's like, I, I don't know who she is. And he's like, well, you let her in. And he's like, her? And she's like over there like eating an egg. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's really cute. Sometimes she pours some mayonnaise on the top and just... <laughs> like oh my god and michael's just watching his son like tell him it's just there's something about like that joke has never really landed for me as hard as it had that and i think about it, it's just like her egg egg and <laughs> so fucking funny yeah yeah i think michael's lines now to me stick out the most like doesn't matter who yeah and then job I feel just every so good. Yeah. I don't watch the new seasons though. I oh, know I it's refuse. like a very like, but I feel like I watched it once. And it's just, I watched, yeah. The, whichever, like the reboot I watched, I don't even know if I got all the way through. I was just like, look what they've done to my boy. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> just think Steve Holt. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of depravity, uh huh. let's travel back. Sydney. Ooh, when are, where are we? Where am I setting my time machine to? We are to? setting our time machine to the 16, the 1700s. The 1700s, baby. Which is 1600. Wait, what? Because math, that stupid centuries thing. Where it's like we're in the 21st century, century, but it's 2-0. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I know, why is it? Oh, it's because the first century was actually zeros. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like we should just all agree to just like change it. It doesn't have to make sense. I feel like we do this with the podcast numbering all the time where we're just People like get upset about it too. <laughs> where it's like the numbers aren't matching up, but we're just like let's just like skip a number so that they're the same across all platforms. Like I think that we just need to all agree that that's what we're doing for the centuries. Yeah, it's like that's the 0th century, okay? Yeah. And then the, the first, first century is the first century. Yes. The 16th century is the 16th yes. century. Can okay, we just so in this new world that we're living in uh -huh. as of five seconds ago, yes. this is the 16th century France. Glorious. And we are with the one and only the Louis the 14th. Of course we are. The freaking sun god. The sun god. Is that what? No, it's sun king. Sun king. I the don't know. He was... He's the one that chopped everybody's heads off, right? No. That's a sick. Henry. Mm -hmm. Henry V. No, Henry VIII. Saved. One of those. Fucking Henry, dude. He was chubby. Who knows? <laughs> Henry was fucking everybody. And um, then fucking up their... English? I have to... No, that's... I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Just like English nobility is so ugly. Honestly, though, you would think they'd be hotter. I like, know. Like, it's a good thing that they're nobility because, like, they really have very little going for them. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, thank God. And they probably have some, like, weird health issues, too, since no, there's so much incest. Hemophilia was, yeah. like, the big thing because they all were related. Yes. Ugh. Oh, my God. Kate. Well, I can't. I don't want to say it on here. Cause remind me to tell you about a game that I just finished playing. Okay. It's a spoiler, so I don't want to share it. But um, it's called Twelve Minutes. If you want to play the game, and I guess you'll know what I'm gonna tell Kate when we're done playing. Okay. I'll I'll probably won't remember, but I'll remember. I'll remember. I'll remember because I don't think I'll remember. It usually works. All right. Beneath the guilt and glamour. Is that a word? I copied some Beneath of those the things. glitz and the glamour. Beneath the glitz and the glamour of Louis XIV's palace at Versailles. I'm not going to read it all like that. Um, it wafted a terrible smell. Oh, okay? no. The French sun king had spent vast fortunes to transform an unassuming hunting lodge into his own golden wonder court. One of the most astounding palaces in the world. Versailles. I said that. Yes. Just reiterating. I actually, I don't know much about history, but I do know that. You do know about Versailles. But the building's location, far from a river, made sewage disposal challenging, and its marshy, its mar marshy foundations gave off a rank odor. And uh. a lack of facilities apparently led courtiers 
to defecate around the palace and grounds with abandon. The oh few my God. bathrooms that there were were poorly maintained and overflowing with waste. So kind of How? just a stinky ass palace. P.U. Friggin' P.U. So another, okay, I got a lot of this from an Atlas Obscura thing, and I sometimes just copy and pasted the sentence because it's astounding writing. Okay. Let me just read you this next sentence. There is another more sinister stench discernible there as well. One more troubling than the commonplace stink of humanity. In the late 1660s and early 1670s, influential members of the French nobility began to die unexpectedly and close upon one another. Um, dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> so oh my gosh. All of these corpses started showing up in the French court quickly. Louis the 14th was an absolute monarch. He was like totalitarian, I guess is, I don't know if that's the correct political, whatever word, but he was like an all encompassing monarch. And so his idea was he moved all of the nobility to Versailles so he could keep his eye on them mm. because in the past, the nobility get together. You don't know what they're saying. They want to get rid of you. Yes. So he's like, I'm just going to put them all here in this stinky ass palace and <laughs> they're not going to do anything. Cause I'll know. But then what about the places they're supposed to be ruling over? Um, yeah, that's why the French revolution happened because it was really <laughs> shitty in France. <laughs> just everyone was starving outside of all Francais. All Francais. <laughs> all Chante. Um, what does that mean? I, I say enchanté, enchanté probably 50 times a day. Okay. It is my favorite word. I feel like we're like so on the same wavelength because I do it too. And I feel <laughs> like, like people enchanté. are just like, yeah. <laughs> and Alex said that it's racist. <laughs> How is it racist? <laughs> he just like, he's just like, I think it's offensive that like, I don't think the French would like that you say it like that. I don't think that's true. Uh -huh. Enchanté. Enchanté. <laughs> oh my God. I picture the cook from A Little Mermaid for some reason. Oh, yeah. Enchanté. <laughs> um, well, Enchanté, all of these bodies that were showing up in the court were blackened and corroded inside. Inside the bodies? Yeah, like they would do an autopsy and they would cut them open and it was just like gnarly in there. Oh. And... Uh, Basically, what they discovered was a fever for poisoning and witchcraft seemed to have infected the court. And in 1679, Louis XIV was forced to establish a special tribunal called the Chambre Artante. Enchanté. Enchanté, which is translated as the burning room to investigate and prosecute these murders. So we're going to be talking about today the affair of the poisons, which was this crazy thing that happened. That was basically like akin to the Salem witch trials. How did you find this out? Like, where did you I've find I've known this? about this for a while. I'm obsessed with French history. Have been my entire life. Um, ever since I watched Marie Antoinette as like a 10-year-old. It's not historically accurate at all, but I just love it. I don't know why. The French Revolution is fascinating to me. Big fan. And I remember learning about this a long time ago. And then I was thinking of a topic and I was like, I should do Fair of the Poisons. Because oh, okay. you haven't heard of it. I haven't. Um, is my cat still in your yeah, in his house? He's okay. still in his little house under my feet. Um, so the affair of the poisons is kind of a misleading name because it was, like I said, basically a witch hunt over five years from 1677 to 1682. Um, 194 people were arrested, with 36 executed, and perhaps a dozen more from suicide or being imprisoned or exiled. Um, and just so for comparison, only 19 people died in the Salem witch trials that were happening at the exact same time across oh, the fuck. Atlantic mm -hmm. or 10 years later, excuse me. Um, so at first they thought it was an isolated case, but then as they started to investigate, they realized shit was going down. Who's they? The burning room people? The, yeah. This special tribunal. Okay. So the, this is all happening in a place that was apparently very religious. The Catholic church was the official church of France and Catholicism does have supernatural elements akin to it, I guess I would say. Like, I don't know. I am not speaking of the current church. So current okay. Catholics don't come for me. But at the time 
Um, there were a lot of Catholic rituals that made people extremely superstitious and aware oh, okay. of the supernatural. And so people were on high alert about this sort of thing. Um, and like people were terrified of witches. <laughs> Those bitches. Which is, I don't know why witches are like people being terrified of witches is really funny to me. Like the ones with the pointy hats? Yeah. Why do they have pointy hats? I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, and on top of that, this, I, I touched on this a little bit. This is all happening with a backdrop of terrible disparity happening in France. Mm-hmm. Um, while those in the court lived in extreme, extreme luxury, minus the stinky bathroom situation, <laughs> um, the people that lived outside of the palace walls lived terrible impoverished lives, constantly in famine. It was not very good to live in France at the time. Um, and although Louis the 14th did attend Catholic mass every single day, his court was described as the most libertine in Paris and the Duke of some Spanish Duke apparently called <laughs> the court quote, a real brothel. <laughs> okay. Um, because, it was just freaking crazy in there. Um, and Louis XIV was a huge womanizer. So he mm-hmm. was just getting laid left and right. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Just that you could like. But it makes sense. Like the search for power is not just like in political sense. It kind of pervades everywhere. And I feel like that's why there's so much sexual scandal in politics and like in people who are in power Oh, positions. absolutely. Absolutely. You know? It's just I was going to say something probably not very nice. Okay. But, like, it's too bad the royals weren't, like, more hot. <laughs> I think because about that a lot. then I feel like it's, like, at least, like, the women that they're forcing to have sex with them are, like, have something, like, they're, like, not totally grossed out. <laughs> they're, like, but that's probably why they need it. They need that power because they're, like. But like, could you imagine if you were, like, really fucking hot and also, like the, like, supreme overlord? Yeah, people would be laying down. I mean, people love power. People Even if really you're an do. ogo, people want that power. They do. They're blind for power. So, like I said, it's freaking stinky in that P-U. palace. Although it's super nice. But it's really fucking expensive to live that lifestyle, unsurprisingly. And the thing is, with a lot of the nobility, it's... Uh, what's the word? It's uh, inherited. What does that mean? Or um, it's um, it's in your lineage. Right. So it's passed down to you oh, and your yeah. family. You're uh-huh. not, you're born into it. Oh my God. Did their family just have really stinky poos? No, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> so people would be born into nobility, but their parents could actually be really poor. So when you had to live in Versailles, you could have no money, but you're part of the nobility because your parents were part of the nobility. Do you know what I mean? But wouldn't you get money because your parents had money? No, because they squandered all their money. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, but you had to live in the in the palace, palace because that's. Did I guess they have you, to pay rent. I don't know, and I don't know if you had to had to live there, but I'm pretty sure you kind of had to. Well, I feel like if he's so superstitious or so paranoid, and you were like, "No, I'm not living there," he'd probably be like, well, "Yeah, off with I, your head." You're- I should have looked at that more. I'm sorry. No, but, no. Um. So. The investment to live at the court oftentimes outweighed the gains. Um, you aristocrats squandered lavish sums on fine clothes, household expenses, expenses, servants, and carriage. And um it just it squandered all of their money. And a lot of the lands like didn't even make that much money, so they were like spending way beyond their means. Um and this also led to extreme boredom, which led to a taste for transgressive pastimes. Fortune telling and palm reading and gambling were the most popular court activities. Um, Again, with a backdrop of extreme superstition and fear of witchcraft. So okay, (laughs) this is all leading us up to... I feel like I'm there. This woman that we're about to meet. So in 1672... The French police were called to investigate a break-in at a laboratory belonging to Gaudin de Saint Croix. 
like LaCroix. Oh. No. (laughs) Unrelated. But St. Croix was a super handsome, dashing young arming officer. Um, And so they were investigating a break in there. But while they're investigating, they found all this shit. They found a bunch of poison. Wait, he found it? He's not the woman. No, the woman, we're going to get to her. Okay, LaCroix So we're starting out with Gaudine de St. Croix. Okay. Who is this hot young dude, and he reported a break-in, but as they're investigating, they find all of this weird shit in his possession. Okay. Um, A bunch of vials, mysterious substances, and a trunk of letters. And this revealed that he was having an affair with Marie de Bonvillers, who was a super married, extremely noble person. And he, they also found a lot of letters about them poisoning people. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So while he was incarcerated, after they found this, they freaking locked him up in the Bastille. Um, Wait, is he a dummy? Why would you... I feel like if there was a break and I just wouldn't say anything because I'm like, I don't want them to find all this shit. I don't know. I sh- I didn't really look into like how that went down. There's too much to get into, yeah. but idiot, right? Complete Hide idiot. the evidence. Um, so he went to jail for having an affair with this woman because she was a noble woman. He made friends with this guy named Edigo Exili, who's an <laughs> Italian guy, which all is right. why I have that accent, <laughs> who was a master poisoner. So apparently back then, the French conception of Italians with the, were that they were poisoners. Interesting. Okay. It was just like, those Italians, they be poisoning. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But they, he apparently, St. Croix, learned a lot about poisoning through his jail friend. Okay. And so then him, he went back to his girlfriend, who he's having this illicit affair with, and he was like, listen, I know a lot about poisoning do you want to poison some people? And she's like, hell yeah. So they begin to test poisons out, like get some good formulas going. Um, How do you test poisons out? They would lace cakes and other sweets with it and then give them to unsuspecting patients in a nearby public hospital. (gasps) What the fuck? (laughs) And these people are in hell now. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Um, Don't worry, they kind of get it. But um, they believe that their only reason for doing it was the thrill of it. And the letters in this trunk show that de Brevilliers, who's this noble woman, um, was super, super into it. Like she was kind of making him do it more than probably he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, some of the letters in the trunk that they found at this guy's house implicate de Breville, I don't know how to say her name, de Brevilliers in her, the death of her father and two brothers. <gasps> she was killing family members? Yeah, apparently. Oh my God. So, um. Did she get anything out of it? Yeah, well. Oh, it okay, okay. Put her in line to inherit a fortune. Oh, because he was a nobleman. Not that it's okay, but... No, but, like, it it's not... contextualizes it a little bit. So, upon the discovery of this trunk, she fled Paris for the countryside and then went abroad, um, and she was able to remain untouched for four years, but then was arrested in Belgium. So, they don't totally understand why she got so into poisoning. Um, most people are just like, she's probably a sociopath. Like, yeah, she... She does mention that there's possibly childhood sexual abuse at the hands of her brother, the ones that she, Mm. one of them that she killed. But, um, she also like loved killing random people. So like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's weird to think that like sociopaths and like narcissists and stuff like that, like existed back then I know. or even when you think about like people were depressed or like had anxiety yeah it's like that still happened yeah i know my yeah i'm not gonna get into that um (laughs) so she was once she was arrested she was like i 
didn't do any of that. I was in a fever. I love that they love to blame the fever back then. Uh-huh. Like, I was in a feverish madness. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just writing rubbish because they technically like couldn't prove any of it. Oh. It was just in the letters and the fact that they had all this shit. But, th- but then, um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, she was kind of bad. She was uh, waterboarded. Uh, she had 24 porn- pints of water forced <gasps> down her throat. Oh, my God. Is that what waterboarding is? Yeah. They force you to drink it? I thought they blindfold you and just dump it on your face. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. They, like, put it on your face and, like, you feel like you're drowning. I don't really know. There was this haunted house. I'm, like, obsessed with looking up. I mean, we've talked about this, like, horror movie plots. And with that, around Halloween, there's this, like, haunted house. I don't know if it still goes on, but it's known as, like, the the scariest, like, haunted house. um, Because all of it is based, like in sort of reality like it's not very like ethereal and so there's like what you like have to sign away so many rights and part of it one year was that like you get waterboarded will you actually get waterboarded why would anyone want to do that i don't think you're supposed to know but i was like reading the i was reading like a walkthrough of like a blogger who did it and that you get waterboarded and then i just remember at one point and there's like a a like person who quote pulls out like a tampon from themselves obviously they don't and then it's like bloody and they like shove it in your mouth (laughs) your face (laughs) it's just like so fucked up and i remember i just got really into whatever i can't remember the name of the company that did it but like i just got really into reading about them because i was like what the fuck is this and they did one that was like not around halloween that um i think it was in new york where like they kidnap you and like torture you in a bathtub or something. What the fuck? Yeah, it's some kinky shit, dude. That's depraved. I don't remember why I started talking about that. Because like haunted houses, I don't like I don't seek them out, but like I understand because they don't touch like it's like it yeah. There's it's nothing happening to you. It's just happening very closely around you. So it's thrilling. Yeah. But that seems like that's crossing a barrier. Yeah. I, w- I don't think I would ever pay any amount of money. Honestly, I would probably have to be paid like how much would you have to be paid to be waterboarded? Like, you know that you won't die. Mm. And it'll last for. I don't know how long it should last. Like 10,000. 10,000. That's it. <laughs> How long is it going to last? It's like two minutes. It's like, okay. For $10,000? Yeah, that's $10,000. Oh my God. I was in like the million. And like, <laughs> oh no. Like one million isn't even enough. Like I feel like I'm talking like I at guess least I 10. Okay. I want a house in the Palisades. Okay. Well, I have to look at their techniques to really get a price. <laughs> um. Well... So she was waterboarded because they wanted to her to give up her conspirators. They thought that she had a w- wide range of conspirators. Oh, okay. And uh, what they do with this guy, since obviously they were did able not. to grab him. He was imprisoned. Oh, that's it? They tortured her? and Yeah, because a lot of it was that she was... Like the mastermind? Mad into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> she looked at all the water that was nearby and she said quote no doubt all this water is to drown me in i hope you don't suppose that a person of my size could swallow it all but she was waterboarded and then she was beheaded and burned (gasps) at the stake and had her ashes cast into the wind that was like a sharp turn (laughs) so it's like oh we're gonna waterboard you and she's like i'm gonna make some sassy comment they're like well we're gonna cut your fucking head off and then burn you that's how they did it back then oh my gosh Um, why'd they burn her after if her head was already off well you're about to see oh sorry so the this case was like everyone was obsessed with it they were like what the fuck this is crazy and so everyone in paris turned out for her execution um and as she was about to be beheaded, she allegedly said, quote, out of so many guilty people, must I be the only one to be put to death? Half of the people in this town are involved in this sort of thing, and I could ruin them if I were to talk. And uh, 
people said, with such evil spirits in the air, who knows what poisonous humor may overcome us. That's what someone said. Um, And truly, as the ashes flew into the sky, people believe that that caused Paris to go mad. Because in the next seven years, dozens of nobles would perish by torture, suicide, execution, or poison. This unlocked this huge scandal. Because basically, after the execution, a bunch of deaths that had just happened to prominent figures were who they didn't think were unusual were then re-examined because they thought that they like they were like holy shit i think a lot of people were poisoned and we didn't realize it oh interesting because she was part of the nobility and she was like hobnobbing with noble people and that her statement of saying you don't even know like this is just the tip of the iceberg they're all like what the fuck like Uh something's a bruin so the king heard this and was super alarmed and he had already had a lot of anxieties about assassination. Um, and one of the things that they would say that his food was always served cold because by the time it arrived to him, it had been tasted by both a taster and the taster's taster. So <laughs> three people had eaten his meals before he got there. Um, and so he appointed this guy, Nicolas de Lorraine, who was a general of the Paris police to oversee an investigation. Um, and he had apparently had, quote, cleaned up the streets a lot in mm. Paris. Um, he had even imposed a mud tax, which I don't even know what that means, but okay. I'm sure it was like super muddy. And he was like, no more mud. Um, <laughs> his investigation, he was like, this is probably going to be a challenge because he knew that there was a lot of shit going on in society. Mm -hmm. And he was probably like, yeah, this is probably real. So it wasn't long before arrests started happening. Okay. Um, They descended upon alchemists, counterfeiters, poisoners, um, and basically found a bunch of shit. They uncovered troves of lethal chemicals, arsenic, nitric acid, mercury, equipment, furnaces, forceps, cauldrons, vials, and foul-natured ingredients like flowers, deadly nightshade, I don't know what that means, blobs of hanged man's fat, nail clippings, bone splinters, specimens of human blood, excrement, urine, and semen. Oh my god. Wait, where did they find this? In They started like raiding people's houses that they thought were involved in the poisoning scheme. Oh my god! And discovered that there was a ton of witchcraft happening. <laughs> like Ew. poisoning and witchcraft was happening because people, because people were so suspicious of being poisoned or having witchcraft that they started doing it themselves. <laughs> it's so okay. tormented. So then in 1679, uh, Lorraine, who was the police guy, he made a super important, um, important, (laughs) important arrest that gave him basically the keys to Paris's, uh, criminal underground. So this woman is named Catherine Monvison, and she was also known as La Vison, which sounds like it doesn't sound like poison. It's just because it ends in I-N. So I'm like... Vison. La Vison. And she was a, a... La Poison. La Voison. La Poison. And she was arrested outside of her church in Paris um, in 1679. So by profession, she was considered a divineuress. Divineuress. Okay. Like a divine woman. Uress. Um which is like basically something between a fortune teller and an amateur apothecary, apothecary, like someone okay. who does yeah. chemical shit. Um, so if you had a toothache or lost treasure or needed your future read, she was your gal. Um, but she mostly he was a scam. Oh. Okay. Um, and would basically just get people's most vulnerable secrets and then uh, extort them from people. And claimed it was witchcraft. Um, but she also offered love poisoned po- poison and would give 
intense abortions, proto-abortions is what they call them, um, which apparently, I didn't know this, back in the day, a way to have an abortion was to ingest poison. Uh, okay. Which is obviously like a oh, lot of people died from that. Yeah, I was going to say, how would that not also kill... I think they had some sort of way that they claimed that, like, would just kill the... Like, it'd be just enough that yeah. it would, like, make you sick and kill the baby. <sighs> so, um, she had a ton of clients who were o- among the nobility, and they uh, started to get desperate once the first poisoner was learned about. They were like, I, I need some poison. So, basically, the first For woman... For the abortions or just in general? They- in general. Okay. So... Bryn Villiers, the woman who was waterboarded and killed, she was like, listen, there's a bunch of shit happening and you guys don't even want to admit it. But that caused a chain reaction to then people thinking it actually was happening. It's kind of like there were some people that were poisoned, but I don't think it was as pervasive as she was suggesting it was. But in response to that, people got super paranoid and then began poisoning other people. I don't under so it was like it sounds like it's like a Stockholm syndrome situation. Yeah. But I just I just don't understand why your reaction to being like, oh, so people are poisoning other people is to like so I'll poison everybody first. Yeah, it's like, oh, like that I know that person probably doesn't like me that much. So like I should probably poison them before they poison me. Okay. Sure. That's why it was like this fucking madness. Um and so she um but she had all these fancy clients and she was like super wealthy mm-hmm. um and w- interestingly enough the reason why she had all these fancy clients was that she was very religious she was very involved in the catholic church and said all of her powers came from above uh-huh. and so they that gave her some sort of legitimacy to them i guess uh-huh. she wasn't like i'm a witch she was like i'm ordained part, yeah yeah um And so, uh, the thing is, what's kind of sad about it is like some of the alternative means that she would give women were the only alternative to their situation. Mm. Um, and obviously back in the day, women were treated as secondary to men. And so, um, they would have to turn to like intense means to, be able to like provide for themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a lot of her potions, I mean, she was also a scam artist. So she's like scamming on these people who like actually need help. It's very sad. Yeah. It's always how scamming works, but she would give people potions that had (laughs) point. I'm saying potions. (laughs) She would give you potions, potions that had, that were like, like menstrual blood and like (gasps) placenta. (laughs) Placentia. <laughs> um like and that Ew. would have s- s- that would really sell it to women because they're like oh this seems like really legit it's like whatever like oh Disgusting. my god how much would you need to be paid to drink let's say your own period blood five dollars <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money it's that is like how much What's your number? A hundred thousand. That's it, dude. You gotta start asking <laughs> for more. Like fifteen million. <laughs> oh my god, who would pay you that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd take like five. Yeah, it's like I would take a billion dollars, but like I don't know if they're like bartering with that much. Well, I guess I'm just like I mean a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Like but I just don't think that's enough for me. Okay, like five hundred thousand dollars. I'm considering it. How like how much though? If that's just like a taste, like yeah, five hundred thousand dollars, sure. You have to sip like a shot glass. Ew. Okay, like five million dollars. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> I hate that. Um, I go back to my fifteen. <laughs> so she gets arrested. Yeah. She immediately starts blabbing. Okay. To this police guy, La R- R- Rainey. Okay, sure. Um, and she gave him a pretty interesting list because they were all people who were prominent faces in court. 
and uh, they all were related to people that had also recently died. They had some sort of connection to someone who had recently died. That's an interesting... Um, uh... So her confessions, the most shocking one was that they implicated one of the king's former lovers, Mademoiselle des Oilettes, whose four-year-old daughter was one of his illegitimate child. was an Ill- One of his illegitimate children. Um, and so the king like I said, who was already super anxious, was super panicked. And he, instead of wanting to see it through, he was like, hey, put this on loose pieces of paper so you can burn it fast in case anyone starts asking you questions. Wait, he said that to the court? To the police inspector that he hired. Wait, why? (laughs) Because I guess they would like put it on like long... He wanted it like really disposable information in case they needed to get rid of it quickly. Why would they need to get rid of it? Because it it was related. It was related to one of his um, mistresses. Okay. He didn't want to. He was really scared of scandal. He was more scared of scandal than he was of being poisoned. Got it. Okay. That's what that's saying. Um, So she, La Voisin was burned alive (laughs) 11 months after her arrest she was just blabbing on for 11 months they're like we got it all out of you let's burn (laughs) you there's no more left like um i mean this is really disturbing but i guess it's halloween so i'll read it um she was wheeled in after three days of torture and as the flames began to lick at her feet she swore profusely um and went very red in the face and she said her last words were paris is full of this kind of thing which meant her crimes and um, and that there's an infinite number of people engaged in this evil trade. So uh, did you mean con- conning people? Maybe I think she meant poisoning. <laughs> Everyone is saying that all this fucking shit is poisoning, but they, they just don't know if it's actually happening or if these people that are getting killed are, like are just inciting. like stirring this pot. Yeah. So then, after she was arrested, they made the burning room, which is the Chambre Ardente. I said that earlier. So this is what started that. Was those two women. With those two women. Okay. And so this was a, like, basically a secret interrogation room that was deep in uh, an arsenal. And it was, like, very spooky shit was happening there. This is in Versailles. Um, Yes. I don't, I believe so. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but I don't actually know. Okay. Um, it says it was uh, the in the Royal Munitions Warehouse, so I assume it was. I should have looked that up. I apologize. Yeah. Um, no problem. But it was this room only lit by flaming torches because you have to have the creepy aesthetic. That they used it. to burn people? Did they literally no, no, burn no, people No, it's just like, room? it was like a creepy interrogation room to so like. So they just torture them. Yeah. Oh, of um, course. The windows were shrouded in black cloth. 13 magistrates gathered to interrogate prisoners. Um, And doctors and pharmacists were on hands to corroborate evidence and provide medical reports. Um, And there was a bunch of staff involved. And so this situation is where 36 people were sentenced to death only 34 people were actually executed i don't know where those other two went i guess i don't know um and there was actually 442 people charged with crimes related to this scandal and uh most of it had to do with women Mm. um and so a lot of women fled and never returned to france um and the whole court was like very thrown off by this and everyone was like super depressed and it was really scary to be there and da 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 um and so the thing was the king started to get annoyed that <laughs> this was not like going away cuz people outside of the palace knew it was going on because mm-hmm. of these public executions the women would like scream that it's happening and then everyone would be gossiping and then the gossip would just pervade. So another one of the King's mistresses was 
also implicated. And she was implicated by many, many people. So the king was like not stoked about this one. Her name was Athenas de Monspan. Um, and she had for a long time had been the king's favorite mistress oh he has a favorite and she came to the court in mid 1660s and worked as one of the queen's ladies in waiting having left her family and husband behind okay um she was basically thirsty for power Mm. um so she's like being strategic yeah so she was super hot and knew it (laughs) okay and um she basically just like went after him and between 1669 and 1678 she bore him seven illegitimate children seven yes i'm sorry what seven yeah seven she she pushed out seven of this guy's children and were any of them men because isn't that like when it actually means something no it doesn't because she's the mistress oh that's right it only matters if well then what's the point well so the thing is, is that she apparently probably poisoned his previous mistresses that came before her so that she could be the fucking top dog. Wow. And it's claimed that she tricked the king into falling for her by shoveling aphrodisiacs into his food and drinks. And um, then she apparently had like weird kinky sex. <laughs> Interesting. She had what was, quote, a black mass in which entirely naked she conjured the king's love with a series of diabolical rites. Diabolical rites? Including infanticide. Like, she killed a child? In front of him? To, like, sexually arouse him? Oh, this is the gossip. This is oh, the gossip. Oh, okay, okay. Um, God, so I hope it's not true. That's disgusting. The gossip of that, like... That was his favorite mistress. That was fucked up shit. The king was like, okay, we got to shut this down. Like, I don't even, like, I was kind of scared of being poisoned, but now we just, like, have to move on. And, like, we cannot talk about this anymore. Yeah. So, basically, they shut down the investigation. Um, They hung the last of the people that were maybe involved. And then they just kind of moved on. So, um. The last of the documents, remember those loose documents I said? They were all burned, and uh, the court just carried on. And the myths and misconceptions that had set the scene for the affair about science, chemistry, magic, and witchcraft um, just continued on, and they just kept going like it never happened. Um, But a lot of people said that this sort of, like, intense gossip and depravity happening depravity said depravity depravity happening in the french court kind of like never got lost in the public imagination Mm -hmm. and so that's why two kings later we had the french revolution interesting um because i mean it was like i understand why there's the french revolution because it was just like all these nobles lived in this huge palace and did nothing except like gossip and like live like celebrities and everyone was starving outside yeah and it was just like okay we have to change this and that's why it happened so um he the king um obviously overcame his fear of being poisoned and the burning room was snuffed out Mm, i like that i like that um and he returned to his former life where he had the longest reign of any European monarch at 72 years. Wow. And the affair was once over and unresolved. I mean, it was kind of resolved. They killed 36 people, but. Holy shit. That is the affair of the poison, Sydney. It really sounds like it. How stressful. Do you think, while I was thinking about that, do you think like everyone had really bad anxiety living I'm back sure. then? Yeah. Because I feel like it feels like at any point, like the king could just be like, well, eh, no thanks. Or if you, like, it just feels like. Yeah. I mean, did you see the movie, the death of Stalin? Yes. Cause that's even like in that where they're like, always like so nervous around <laughs> him. It's so funny. I, but I feel like, the, I guess I never thought about that. Like I thought that was just like satirical, but 
Yeah, that's totally what it was. And court life was so goddamn petty. Yeah. And it was, he, I guess I didn't talk about this. Like he made all of these like really intense rituals for all the nobles to do. So it kept them busy and like kept them like not interfering with him being like an absolute monarch. Like Mm -hmm. there's all these like dressing ceremonies that they would have to do. And they just had to do all this petty shit all day. (laughs) And so I'm sure like everyone was just bored and like talking shit. Yeah. But also nervous. Because they, I mean, being burned at the stake has got to be the worst. Oh my gosh. That. Am I wrong? How much would you have to be paid? (laughs) Literally not enough. Not enough. No, I, I feel like I read somewhere that getting burned alive is the wor- is like the most painful way to go. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know how they tested that, but well, that's what I've always wondered. I guess burning alive, like it kind of takes a long time. Like at least like hanging, it's kind of like, or like getting your head chopped off. Like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? Like, I would like have the shits the whole time. Like you're walking. Like I would be so fucked up. Like, I wonder, like, how long is the time before they're like, okay, you're going to be beheaded and then you actually get beheaded? Like, can you imagine? Okay, so not to be so annoying, but I just read The Idiot, which is like that famous, like, Russian novel by Deltayevsky. And sure, I've never heard of okay, it, but cool. Anyways, um, he talks about, it's like his, he talks, the characters basically talk about his philosophies okay. and he was charged as a political dissident and he was supposed to be executed. Okay. And I don't know if they did this in other countries, but apparently in Russia they would do mock executions, which he saw what? as the like worst form of torture imaginable, which is that they would tell you you're going to get executed and they would take you up to get executed and then say, actually, you're not getting executed. But you would have to live with the fear that you were about to get killed. That was part of the punishment. And so he... Oh my gosh, my face right now, you guys. Holy shit. (laughs) So he had... I don't think his was being guillotined, but he had this story in The Idiot, which apparently was a story that he had heard in real life of someone else who had experienced that. And he was going to be beheaded and he was put in the guillotine. And he like had to go through the whole thing and they were about to do it. And then they were like, just kidding. This is a mock execution. And he <gasps> oh he talks gosh. about, he's like, that has to be the most depraved thing you could do to a human being, which is to hang death over their head so closely. But he was also like, you could probably learn the most about the human experience by talking to that person and, and learning about what they thought about like right before yeah isn't that crazy would it be like oh this was just practice round like you're still gonna die someday no or it was just like this is your punishment they would do it as punishment they would do it a lot for like political would they let him go afterwards or they just have to like stay in prison i don't know interesting he got out like it happened to him and he got out yeah that's not horrible Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being like, you're, they're like, hey, we're going to burn you at the stake. And they start to do it. And they're like, ha ha, just, just kidding. kidding. Terrible. <laughs> what? Yeah. But yeah, being burned at the stake seems really shitty. Or the one where they like tie all your limbs to different horses and, and then, then they go that, like, go. That, I just, I can't I even think, think that about one that. though, you would probably pass out from the pain. Yeah. And then hopefully, like, die from internal bleeding what before you actually... What if the horse, though, like, have some pullback and they would be like... I don't think so. Fuck. That's horrible. Yeah. I hate that's torture. the thing is I feel like... <laughs> same, though. <laughs> is I feel like a lot of torture, like, execution devices, it sounds like you would kind of, like, pass out. Yeah. Or you would... um what is that you know when it's like like have that adrenaline rush when you like get hurt and it doesn't hurt in the moment yeah it's just like you hurt after yeah where i feel like burned alive though like you feel you know when you like get burnt you feel that it's not like it doesn't feel like anything yeah and i guess if they're doing it out in the open you wouldn't pass out from the fumes or lack of oxygen oh god i hate it that's why I don't like medieval shit because it's so like barbaric. I what I always found really weird was like I went to middle medieval times once mm-hmm. and like while you're waiting before it's like time to go into the theater, 
they have like this like museum of torture oh my god and it's like i remember we were walking through it and i was like kind of like what the fuck like this isn't like like they like really use devices like this like to like like, kill people like why are you showing me this before i'm about to eat like i don't really want to think about this and it wasn't like presented in a way that was like wow like i mean it was presented in a very like here's the stuff but it just felt very weird for it to even be there like almost i'd say like borderline distasteful yeah totally that sounds very distasteful where and i just remember being really really uncomfortable yeah no thank you but then i guess okay so playing devil's advocate is like i don't know is it important to learn that kind of stuff i don't think so (laughs) like medieval torture devices yeah no like i guess that's just like brings up an like a discussion about whether or not like it's like but then are you just selectively teaching like passing down history like yeah, what I guess is you don't relevant need to learn it in detail like does everything need to be passed down i think is like the question that i'm asking yeah like, i don't know i don't know that's interesting i'm i mean yeah. I'm listening to this podcast right now that I highly recommend if anyone likes history. <laughs> it's really well done. It's called The Age of Napoleon, and it's like literally like a hundred part. A hundred parts? Oh my gosh. There's a hundred or that like a hundred episodes about Napoleon's. Interesting. It's very I'm going to download it. I like, I like listening to you teach me about it. Um, And I just listened to, I think it was episode six, where he talks about what the life of a military a soldier during the Napoleonic Wars would be like. And I was scared. <laughs> I was like scared listening to it because back then, I mean, it's like war and peace era. Yeah. It's like you literally like were charging at people. Like, yeah, you were charging at people like it's not like, I mean, all war is horrifying, obviously, but like in trench warfare, you're like behind a barrier. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this, they would say you have, you don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. So like we would be this close and that's what you would be shooting at because the guns were so bad oh and it used God. it used to be like the ones where you would have to like, you would put one bullet in and then put the gunpowder in and then shove it in. And it would be this whole thing. Like you can't just like keep shooting. Yeah. And the thing that was really fascinating about it, cause I, I, even when I was reading war and peace, I was like, I don't understand why people just wouldn't run away. Like I would just run away. Yeah. And that happened all the time. It was like a terrible mode of warfare because people just get freaked out and run away where would they go like they would I just wonder like if, bail well i wonder if there were like like towns that were like in exile or like deep in the forest of all the people who like ran away no from i'm war. sure there were and they had to that's an interesting movie idea that, honestly okay. to like explore that okay we'll talk later um because of that they like had they were super aware that the soldiers definitely didn't want to be there or like go to war. So they basically were like held captive by the military and they would only travel like 10 miles at a time because they had to stay really close together and no one could go off the beaten path and they wouldn't, they would have to have all of their resources there. They couldn't like go off to a village and get it because they didn't want anyone to, because people would just like dip, dip. <laughs> I mean, I don't. They blame also them. kidnap people. They would say like, "Oh, we're hiring some servants," and then you would show up, and you're like, "Hey, I'm here for my servants' job," and they're like, "Here's a uniform. You're in the military now. <laughs> You've been punked." Anyways, that's oh episode god. six of Agent Napoleon. I highly recommend. Oh my god, it's like kind of a Halloween <laughs> themed episode. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, obviously this era has its, it's good and it's bad. I'm glad to be living right now. But I'm glad to be, I don't. Thank God. I feel like every, I don't know, maybe we can end on a positive note by saying that I think every generation kind of has its like pros and cons. Yeah. I think it's like right now we're just really living through the cons of this (laughs) one, you know? But it's not that bad. I have to say like I've, I, I think, I don't know if I've told this on here but I remember I was talking to my grandmother and I was like oh like how does this like compare to World War II and she was like 
it, World War II was fine. Everyone just dealt with it. No one complained. And then I was like, this is not like I'm stuck in my house. You know, like that was totally, the worst totally. thing that happened. I mean, a lot of people had to deal with a lot worse, but I'm just like, this is not that. <laughs> yeah. I think like what stresses me out a lot is like the environment stuff. Yeah. Or true. And that I feel like it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. But, but you could be charging at someone and have to. No, that's what rifle. I'm saying is yeah. I feel like that really puts everything in perspective <laughs> or get tricked into being in the military. Or honestly, being like a hot young thing in during nobility times when the nobility could just be like, well, I'll just kill your husband and like take you and force you to have sex with me. Yeah. Like that feels really stressful. I bet the best thing to do would be like kind of like a hardened go. Yeah, dude. Like, like I would like, eat, I would like eat all the potatoes in the village. Yeah, and just like get super, super. But you probably couldn't. Like, you probably because like you were poor. <laughs> I would like cut my own leg off. <laughs> You'd be like, oh well, I don't sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I I don't know what to tell you. I can't get over. I would there. just like be a lunatic. Yeah, I just <laughs> like be in insane. that sense of the word. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what the people who were poisoning people were trying to do. That was their strategy. They were I mean, like, if I'm a lunatic. Well, if you're a lunatic, then you get waterboarded and burnt at the stake. Well, so it really seems like a lose-lose. It's a big lose-lose situation. Maybe I would just be like nobility. I think I would want to be like a... Like a duke or something. Like a merchant. A like a merchant. Like oh, I would want to live in Paris. Maybe own a print shop. That'd be nice. Oh, cute. I okay. like it couldn't be that bad for you. I was going to say bakery, but then I just played out like, wow, you make the best bread in all the land. And then being forced to like make the same bread all the time. And then you make it bad one time. And then they're just like, you're dead. You're fucking dead. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, shit. it's not great for anyone involved. Maybe I'd work in like construction. <laughs> no. Cause then remember your one story about <laughs> how they killed the people that did made the church because it was too nice. <laughs> Just That's like what right. the fuck, fuck. guys? Wait, I <laughs> like what can we? Yeah, maybe like a nun would be kind of cool. Work in the church. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a good one. That feels like a good one. Because thankfully like, we're not men, we wouldn't be castrated. We would be sing high. We would just be women yeah, being just nuns. Like, that's fine with me. Yeah. Did they have nuns back then? I actually don't know. Not sure when nuns originated. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But. Yeah, nice. none seem that seems like the best option, honestly. Yeah. Everything I'm, else seems too like it's a little bit of a gamble. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Really. I'm thinking of like jobs in the palace and shit. Like No. You don't want to I don't I would not want to be anywhere near near nobility. Yeah, keep away from that. The one thing I will say that's like kind of fascinating, this is the last tangent I'll go on. Um, is I like I said, I've been watching the John Adams miniseries. And people are constantly dying in it all the time. But it's mm -hmm. crazy that the founding fathers actually all lived to be pretty old. And they, like, John Adams and Benjamin Franklin went to and from Europe all the time. Wow. I Isn't didn't realize that. Isn't that crazy? It's like you're just, like, on a fucking, like, basically rowboat, like, going across <laughs> the Atlantic. Like, that is really, it's crazy to think that it's, like, this was made by hand and, like. yeah. Wow. But just to think about like how quickly and fast people would die back then, like you get smallpox, you're fucking dead. And like these, the founding fathers like lived to be very old. Like how George old? Washington, Benjamin Franklin was like 84. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. He also was so prolific. Illuminati. It's kind of like crazy to me. Huh? He was very prolific. Like what do you do? He did a lot of shit. He fucking invented lightning. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he invented clouds. He, we didn't know that lightning was electricity. He was the one that discovered that. Oh. Did you see the lightning storm yesterday? Dude, yeah. The lightning and the thunder. I, I was, was over so confused. here and there was so much lightning and it was like rattling the house I was in. Yeah, no, it was crazy. It um I was streaming and it cut my stream out and like turned one of my monitors off. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, but not all of them. It just turned one of them off. Ooh. Isn't that weird? But they're all in the same power source. And then um what was really weird though is that we heard the thunder probably 15 minutes before the rain started. Yeah. And so I was kind of, we thought it was an explosion because I was like, I don't, it's literally sunny out. 
Like, yeah. I don't see, I don't think it's thunder, but it sounds like thunder. And so Alex was like, well, maybe it's an explosion. I don't know. We live in LA, so. <laughs> Explosions abound. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, well, Benjamin Franklin's to thank. Um, I was going to cover him, but I'm like, that's too boring. <laughs> that's like a too obvious one. But um, yeah, I just, I feel like I would die at like age 14, probably. Yeah, I don't know, dude. That whole thing seems fucked. I know. I'm so glad we're alive today. Right? That 21st century, 20th century. If you're feeling down out there listening to this, go at yourself in the mirror and be like, wow, I am alive. And I don't have to shoot someone. It's not the 1600s. Yeah. (laughs) So it's automatically winning. Yeah. That's not the case. I know. Every day is a good day. Only, honestly, though, like, only way is up. I feel like we're just like on an upward trajectory. Cause you're looking back and that it just, everything just doesn't seem to add. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Unless this is the, uh, recreation of the collapse of the bronze age, then maybe it's not going to go so well for us, but then another beautiful civilization will sprout in our wake. So it's all good. Yeah. And just hopefully it happens. Like, you know, I just want to be out quick. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not drag this out, okay. you know, like this episode. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, new episode every Friday, dude. Um, you can find the image guide. (laughs) Just the one person that's listening. It's personal life. (laughs) It's like, isn't the whole thing that we're all just like, we're all just hanging out. Gavin. Yeah, dude. So like check, see you next week. We'll see you next week. Friday. Um, Image guide is on Instagram. Shut up. Double tap that image guide. Double tap. Give us the likes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.